Given the latest stock market fluctuations, odds are you are avoiding your 401k reports these days. But just because you have reason to ignore the bottom line doesn't mean you should neglect your retirement investments altogether. In fact, there may be no better time to engage with your 401k than when the market is down and effectively on sale. Kyle Powers, a certified financial planner with Savannah's The Fiduciary Group, is our guest on today's episode of The Commute Podcast. Good day, Savannah, from all of us here at savannahnow.com. This is The Commute Podcast, presented by National Office Systems. I am your host, Adam Van Bremer, opinion columnist and a deputy editor at the Savannah Morning News. On today's episode, we venture into personal finance with Kyle Powers of the Fiduciary Group. National 401k Day was earlier this month, and Kyle has several reminders and some advice for those of us hoping to one day retire. That would be all of us. That invaluable knowledge comes up right after I tell you about National Office Systems. We're on the cusp of an office move here at the Savannah Morning News, and we know who to call to help us design and outfit our new space. That's right, Scott Center and his team at National Office Systems. They've been helping Savannah businesses with their office needs since the 1980s. National Office Systems offers more than 200 product lines, including a new collaboration from two of the office furniture industry's leaders, Herman Miller and Knoll, also known as Miller Knoll. If your office space needs a refresh, National Office Systems can help. Learn more by visiting www.natoffsys.com. That's www.natoffsys.com. C-O-M. Anyway, now, here's the interview with Kyle Powers. Pleased to be joined on today's commute by Kyle Powers, who is with the fiduciary group here in Savannah. He is their director of 401k advisory services, and Friday, September the 9th, was National 401k Day. Of course, that's, uh, is, Kyle was explaining to me before I hit the record button, is that day always falls the Friday after Labor Day. So when everybody is is uh, coming back and, uh, from a long summer and hopefully a good summer and looking into the fall and before they get to the holidays, it's a time to kind of look at your retirement account and, and kind of figure out what you're doing right, what you're doing wrong. Uh, Kyle, walk us through it. What uh, is that kind of the the purpose of 401k day, or is it just uh, is it something that that for you guys to promote? <laughs> that Adam, that's exactly what it is. It's an opportunity for us to take a moment and reflect on our retirement savings, take a look at those goals, and see if we're if we're making progress. Are there things that have changed that we need to account for? Uh, National 401k Day started back in 1996 as 401ks really became one of the dominant retirement savings vehicles. And that was the goal is to to give everybody a reason to to take a look at that account. And it's not always everybody's favorite thing to do. So if if we have a day dedicated to it, we can all pause for a second and and go back and and take a look at our investments, take a look at how we're doing on savings, uh, take a look to see if we're taking advantage of, of all that the employer is offering through that plan. I'm sure there's a lot of people that look at their 401k, you know, maybe at tax time, maybe not, but but that's probably uh, tax time, open enrollment time, national 401k day. Is that pretty common that, that people are, I don't want to say apathetic, but uh, they have a long-term view on 401k and, and they're not paying as close attention as maybe they should? True. 
apathetic. Uh, we like to think of it as people are busy mm-hmm. and there, there's so much to focus on between work and the jobs we do, our families, all the other distractions of life that the 401k, because it's such an easy tool to use once you log in and set it up, it doesn't require that much effort. The money comes out from payroll. It goes into our account. We've already chosen our investments. So we don't have to think about it all that often. But the problem can be that people then forget about it for a while. Uh, The statements when they come out on a quarterly basis can be a good reminder to go and take a look. Uh, Sometimes we see some big headlines in the market, and that's a reminder that maybe we should go take a look. But but generally speaking, we're we're all pretty caught up in in the day-to-day and forget about this. So 401k day gives us gives us that opportunity to to go back and take a look and see those things that we should be periodically paying attention to. If people are paying attention to the fluctuations in the stock market, and of course we're fe- we're facing uh, a relatively uncertain economy right now. I think employment is is obviously very strong, but inflation is high, and there's a lot of recession fears, and and obviously the markets have reacted and they bounce up and down. Um, uh, how much does that kind of weigh on? on people in your experience with their 401k or because it's a retirement account and it's long-term unless you're in your upper fifties, that really doesn't influence you. What is kind of the general outlook on how the current economic pressures are affecting 401ks? 2022 has certainly been a tough year. Uh, the markets, I think as, as we speak right now are down about 20%. Uh, in fact, yesterday, just the day before recording, this was, was one of the worst days we've had all year. And, it does, it does weigh on people a little bit. Those kind of headlines are, are really attention grabbing and uh, make everybody take a look. I would say that what is the, re- what is the reaction? It, it does, to an extent, depend on where somebody is in their savings career, how close they are to retirement. Uh, those who are a little bit closer do tend to pay a bit more attention, and they, they are worried about times like this, where those who are younger uh, often fall back on on a mantra that we preach, which is, Hey, the market's on sale. You know, this That's is right. long-term buy, goal. Buy, buy. You need to, yeah, keep, keep buying. And um, we've really been focused this year on dollar cost averaging. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're now nine months into this uh, market decline and we just want to keep spreading the word to everyone that, that as you continue to buy through these low points over time, when we look back at this a year, two years, five years down the road, we'll be really happy in hindsight that we had these opportunities to buy at these lower prices. Uh, that doesn't take the fear away from those who are within a year, two or three of retirement. It can be pretty spooky. But one of the things that we try to remind everyone is that retirement's just a, a transition point. It's a moment in time. It's not the end. We don't get to retirement and change our account to cash and then just live on what we've saved. We hope retirement's 10, 20, for many, 30 years long. And in order for your money to sustain you through that period of time, you need to stay invested. You need the growth that you've leveraged during your working years to, to grow your account to get to retirement. You need to continue to grow it, albeit not at the with the same aggressive pace necessarily, but you need the returns that investments provide in order to have it sustain you for two to three decades. Right. Yeah, it's interesting you mentioned dollar cost averaging because that it was one thing with retirement accounts that goes on all the time, right? Is you have a basket of five or six funds or shares or bonds or stocks. And as the price goes up and down, every payroll comes out and you buy more. And if the market is on sale, then you're gradually pulling down the cost per share with the whole idea of in the future that share is going to exceed that cost. So you'll get 
those gains, plus you get dividends and anything else that comes out of out of it. Um, is that something that uh, is a, a key part of your education when you're working with people on 401k, especially ones that maybe do pay a little closer attention to the stock market and are a little flummoxed by the uh, ups and downs? It is. And it has been for a long time. I mean, to the point where not only do we talk about it in our education sessions uh, with employees, but we've written a white paper on it to, to try to have something for people to reflect on. Uh, we put together a five minute video that walks through using a single mutual fund because in 401ks, most people are, are using mutual funds as their means of investing, whether that's through stocks or bonds. So we use an example of a single mutual fund, show the change in price over the course of 10 months with a, a monthly contribution to that. And, you know, the market goes up, it goes down in our example. And, and in the end, even though, you know, you start and finish at the same share price, uh, ultimately the example points out that you have more money because you bought so many more shares of that more fund share. when the market was down. Um, and by emphasizing this example and, and the whole concept of dollar cost averaging, it, it really helps people to understand why it's so important to stay invested in down markets. Because every now and again, we'll, we'll come across someone who says, I, I just couldn't take the volatility anymore. I can't stand seeing my account go down. So you know, maybe they either went to cash or maybe they, uh, maybe they stopped their contributions for a time being. But that, that is the worst time actually to, to stop the contributions or, or to change. Uh, because ultimately in your account, you've not lost anything if you haven't sold what you're invested in. And mm -hmm. so in a down market, if you sell your, your stock and bond mutual funds and go to a cash fund, then all you've done now is lock in the lock in those losses and, and you won't be able to take advantage of the rebound when it comes. That's right. And then you're subject to inflation to something that can really be dangerous, especially with the way the inflation is going right now. Absolutely. And those numbers came out yesterday. There was an expectation that uh, inflation was going to continue to taper off, but unfortunately it, is, it has been very sticky. And we need to remember that the longer inflation's around, the, the greater the negative effect it's going to have on our cash holdings. So I am in my late 40s, so I'm quickly approaching the day when I'm going to have to further diversify might be the better, best way to put it, right? It's, uh, I, I need to become more risk averse when it comes to my 401k and invest a little bit more in bonds and, and, and maybe some uh, more stable mutual funds it is 50 kind of that age when you start to see people wanting to to, to take a greater mix in, in bonds and more stable funds or is it a little older what's kind of the trends in terms of that that's a great point and something that is really specific to each individual mm -hmm. so there there's a couple of factors at play in that decision and one of those can be age just as people get older get closer to retirement get closer to that transition they don't want to expose themselves to the same level of volatility. And what I mean by volatility are those ups and downs in the market. So, you know, if, if the S&P 500 has the potential to be up 20% one year, but 20% down another year, they, they don't want to be up 20 or down 20. They, they would prefer to see a range of something like up 10 or, or down 10%. Uh, so age does play a role in that, but, but circumstance and personality can also have an impact uh, I do know people who are in their 70s and 80s who are almost entirely in stocks mm -hmm. and uh, and various equity investments. And it's just because, A, they've saved enough. And so they're comfortable that they can weather out a down period in the markets. Mm -hmm. um, or um, 
you know, they, they just have a comfort level and, and they're okay with that. So again, a bit of that is personality driven, but you know, if we think of something like a target date mutual fund, and that might be something like the target retirement 2030 or 2040, right. I think we've all seen those. They're, they're right. very common. And the design of those funds is to become more conservative as you get toward retirement. So, uh, the funds that we use in our plans, for example, uh, when you are 15 to 20 or more years out from retirement, they're invested 90% in stocks and equity investments uh, and 10% in bonds and, and fixed income investments. But once you get towards that 15 year mark, it starts a gradual downhill sort of uh, approach, what we call the, the glide path into retirement. Mm -hmm. And it will each year become two, maybe 3% lower in equity exposure and increase the fixed income exposure. So um, we've got a great slide that we use with the employees that we work with to show them how that, that trend occurs. And then the important part to know is that even though it's becoming more conservative for you, um, and, and by conservative, I like to add context to these things. By conservative, we just mean less volatility in your yeah. portfolio, which traditionally means more bonds, less stocks. Uh, by the time you hit retirement at age 65, because that's how those funds are designed, um, you're, you're typically at about 50% stocks and 50% bonds. And so that kind of goes back to my point about retirement being a transition point. Um, you know, notice that those funds don't go to 0% stocks. They go down to 50% because again, you want to have that growth later that on. Growth. But, right. uh, but yeah, so, so to your point though, Adam, that's that's right about the time, right around 50, because at that point we're starting to, we're hitting that kind of 15 year window uh, to the average person's goal of retirement. And, uh, and so that's when it starts to become more conservative. Pardon the interruption, but it's time for another read. This time to encourage you to sign up for savannahnow.com newsletters. For several episodes now, I've been plugging sports writer Dennis Knight's Prep Central newsletter. It's a great one, but it's just one of many that we offer. Love Georgia Southern football? We've got that covered. Like to keep up with the latest local opinion pieces? We've got one of those newsletters. Food, culture, daily headlines? Yes, yes, and yes. All delivered to your email inbox. Go to savannahnow.com newsletters and sign up. And you don't have to be a subscriber to the Savannah Morning News or savannahnow.com to get the newsletters so you have no excuses. Now, back to the retirement discussion with the fiduciary group's Kyle Powers. I don't want to go all Dave Ramsey on you and, and <laughs> ask you to do some some numbers, but just for, sure. for, people, for people who maybe haven't thought this much about it, what do you, what do you recommend? And a lot of it, I know, depends on what is your employer match. It depends on how much you put in there. But what is there a percentage you recommend of, of income that should go toward retirement? Um, is there a target? number that you look at so much by such and such an age? What are some of those, those stats? We sure do. And, and we're, we're not huge rule of thumb mm -hmm. kind of folks because we know everybody's situations and goals are different. But at the same time, uh, we are strong advocates of trying to get 10% of your income saved towards retirement. Mm -hmm. And in, in, in this particular case, you know, it's 401ks. But, but for anyone listening, um, if you look at whatever your retirement plan is at work, whether that's a 401k, a simple IRA, um, you also have outside of work IRAs and Roth IRAs that are available to you as well. Between each of those retirement vehicles, if you're setting aside 10% towards retirement, we look at that as a pretty good number. And that's, that's your own personal savings. That's 
not including the employer match. Um, If you have an employer match, then that's just icing on the cake, really. But we also want to keep in mind that, you know, with any retirement savings goal, there's three things that go into that. And one of those is is how much you save. So we're talking about that now with the 10% number, how long you have to save, and what is the rate of return you get on your investments. So if, you know, the rate of return, that's a little, that's a little hard. We can't right. always control that. Even if we right. choose the best investments available in our retirement plans, uh, you know, there are global events. There are things like inflation and, and the Federal Reserve raising interest rates that are going to have a negative impact on the stock market. And that's all out of our control. So the two things we can really focus on are the time and how much we save. Um, so let's, let's kind of focus on the time here for a second, because when I say 10% and that being a goal for everyone, uh, that, that's not equal right? Because some of the people are going to be in their 20s and they're going to have a long time for that money to compound and to grow. And others might be in their 50s and getting a lot closer. And so if you have less time for your money to grow, then you need to be putting more toward those goals if you didn't already start earlier. Right. Right. Because I'm somebody who has a 401k, then I have a Roth IRA on top of that. So I can put aside another $5,500 a year toward that and, and get up into those double digits in terms of percentages. And uh, I, right. you know, I'm not a professional, but I would certainly, uh, I would encourage people that if you can, if you can make that sacrifice and build your budget that way, that's, that's probably a very wise thing to do. That's it. And you know, it's amazing to me. Uh, I've been doing this for more than a decade now, almost 15 years actually. And uh, how few people have a budget that's written down and, and know where their income goes each pay period or, or every month, whatever the case might be. Uh, you know, it's really important to understand that because it, it can be hard to know where that additional savings might come from if you don't know where the money's going to. So I, I'm a strong advocate for having a budget. Uh, for anyone who has a 401k, your record keeper, that's the company who provides the website. There are probably calculators and educational tools that are available through the site. I, I encourage you to go and take a look. Um, and take advantage of those. Get, get the budget written down. If you know what you're spending now, it'll help you to understand what your needs are in retirement. And then you can start to work into uh, where you are in relation to that goal and, and how much you need to save to get there. So um, the, the budget is certainly a big one. Um, but then make sure you're paying yourself first. Once you do get a budget, one of the first things that needs to get paid right along with you know, your rent or your mortgage and, and your car payment is the, the money that goes into your retirement savings. So you mentioned earlier open enrollment. Of course, for most of us, that's going to be the end of October, the first of November, which it's good timing right now because those are those are right on the horizon for us. And that is usually uh, when your employer allows you to make major changes to your to your retirement accounts. I think most will allow you to to kind of change your your mix of stocks and other things in there. But in terms of changing your withholding and, and doing that, open enrollment is the time to do it. What should people be thinking about as open enrollment approaches in terms of either starting one or, or uh, evolving, adapting their 401k? Well, each plan is going to have slightly different rules. Uh, the good thing about 401ks and, and other retirement plans, as opposed to, say, uh, company-provided healthcare insurance, is that there is usually more frequency with, that you can get into the plan or that you can change your contributions or, or things like that. So uh, while open enrollment is a really good time to be thinking of it, um, it's important to know what the, what the, the plan allows for because we've seen, we've seen plenty of them. 
Uh, sometimes there will be, say, uh, a semi-annual enrollment, so you can only actually get into the plan on January 1st or July 1st. Mm -hmm. uh, most are, are more frequent than that. Uh, your contributions that you make to the plan, let's say you're putting in 5% and you're, you're thinking towards, okay, now I could, I could increase that. I'd like to work my way to 10%. You can usually do that more frequently, although we have seen some restrictions along the way on, on that as well. So open enrollment, what it becomes is it becomes another uh, point in time to really sort of reflect on our plans and, and take a look at what are we doing? Uh, has anything changed by the employer? Uh, just like National 401k Day is. But, uh, but go ahead, take a look at your investments. When was the last time you made an adjustment to your investing strategy? Is it still appropriate for where you are right now in your savings journey? Uh, what are you setting aside into the plan? Is it 3%, 5%? Are you getting the full company match if there is one? Uh, as we go around and do our education sessions, there's a lot of times that we, we always offer one-on-one -on -one meetings with the employees after the, the group meeting. And even if they already have an account open, we'll sit down and say, hey, let's, let's take a look at, at what you're setting aside. So let's say that the, the employer match goes up to 5%. There are times that we find that someone's at 3 or 4%. Well, what a great opportunity to, to bump that up and get the rest of that free money. Um, that, that's the great part about the company match is, is, I mean, it is literally money that you're not going to get if you don't contribute to the plan, which is why I say free money. We, we try, to, try to avoid absolutes and things like that. But um, but, you know, in this particular case, it, it really is use or lose. So, uh, but, but use open enrollment as a chance to, to sit down and, and take a look. If you've never logged in, uh, we come across this a lot. Uh, if you've never logged into your account, but there is money going into it for one reason or another, that's a really great time to talk to somebody on your HR team or call your plan educator and, and get help getting in to get access. Uh, because at the very least, it's, you know, you'll avoid a, a security concern. If you've never logged in, the bad guys might try to log in. So I hate to change the subject there, but make a plug right. for creating that login to your account. Um, even if you don't care to, to check on it with, a with any regularity, uh, you know, at least knowing that you created the password, that you put the two-factor authentication on it, and, and instead of having some bad guy out there in internet land doing it for you, that that'll go a long way to protecting your money. Yeah. Yeah. I think the, the key thing in that whole thing is ask questions. You get to up open enrollment, you get the, the HR pros in there and, and by extension, the, the financial pros, make sure you ask a lot of questions because as you know, these have become a little bit more complex. They're still relatively simple, but there's a lot of complexity in it. And if you don't fully understand it, then a lot of times it's not going to hurt you, but you are missing opportunities to take advantage of it, which is I think what you were talking about in terms of, of the employer match. But Kyle, thank you so much for, for coming on and, and walking us through this. It's uh, certainly, I think, as soon as I hang up, I'm going to go on my phone and, and check mine out because I'm probably a little lax myself. <laughs> if I could, Adam, one, one more plug. Sure. Uh, you know, we, we did talk about that, that 10% mm -hmm. uh, and trying to get to that goal. Again, if you're a little bit later in your saving career, that maybe you need to, to do more. But um, for 2022, the limit is $20,500 that you can put in as an individual into a 401k plan. Mm -hmm. For those who are turning 50 this year or who are already 50 or older, you can put in another $6,500 for a total savings of $27,000. And that is independent of any company match. You can, you can put that amount in there. And then on the IRA side, we talked about those Roth IRAs and traditional IRAs. 
uh, you can put in six thousand dollars for 2022, and for those 50 or older, you can put in another one thousand for a total of seven. So um, there's there's quite a bit of savings that can be done through each of those vehicles. But but for for those who are ambitious, or or maybe those who are maxing out based on the previous limits and and didn't realize that they could put in more, yeah. just want to make sure everybody's aware of of how much they can set aside this year. Yeah, sounds like I need to bump mine up because I think mine's still based on fifty five hundred, so I can throw in an extra about fifty about fifty dollars a month. There you go, my gift to you today, another five hundred that you get to <laughs> set aside this year. Go home and talk to my wife and say, "Where's where are you finding that under the cushions?" But we'll get it done. But, uh, That's right. Thank you again so much, um, and uh, I wish you all the best, and I look forward to having you on again, maybe on the next four hundred one k day. Thanks. Well, that sounds great. Adam, thanks for having me on. This has been a lot of fun and, uh, and, and hope to join you again. Yeah, that'd be great. That's all for this edition of the Commute Podcast. Thanks one last time to our presenting sponsor, National Office Systems. Before I sign off, remember that we publish new Commute episodes every Tuesday and Thursday. Whatever your interests, you will find interviews of interest in our archives. Search The Commute with that Savannah opinion on your favorite podcast app. The Commute returns next week. We look forward to talking to you then. Mm